This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Today I want to continue with another spiritual discipline. If you haven't caught on yet, that's what we're walking through uh, in this reset series. We call them spiritual disciplines. They are things that we do, things that we need to discipline ourselves to do. It's not always easy uh, for some of us to pick up our word and just spend time in the word. I do hope that you've completed week two, and I hope that it's going well for you. God is revealing some awesome things in his word uh, to me, and I hope that he is to you as well. Some of the scripture that I'm going to share today is going to be familiar to you if you've been reading that because it comes from some of those passages in Psalms. But some of it's not easy always to pick it up, and sometimes it's not always easy to carve out the time. It's not always easy to fast. It's not what we necessarily want to do in our flesh. That's the point. It goes against our flesh. And so they're disciplines. They're things that we have to discipline ourselves to do. And so today, I want us to look at the idea of prayer. As a person that doesn't usually use any more words than I have to, prayer is a discipline. Because no different than um, I would just assume sit down and be quiet and not say anything to anybody, it works the same with God for me. I'm just going to be open and transparent. Is that okay? It's not always easy. I expect God to read my mind. I can think through a thought process, and I'm like, you know, uh, God, this is what's on my heart. This is what's on my mind. But I never actually open my mouth. And so for me to spend time in prayer and me to spend time and you say, well, God can read your mind and read your soul. Sure he can. But don't I need to make my petitions known to him and I open up my mouth and and allow the power of my words to go forth? Yes. And so I've got to discipline myself. So for me, this is truly a spiritual discipline um, that I have to make sure that I'm on top of. Sometimes it's easier for me to fast than it is for me to pray. Because I don't always have the words, and I'm always, there's times I'm in a bad mood, and I don't even feel like I'm worthy to lift up a prayer to the Lord. There's times whenever I'm frustrated and I'm mad, or maybe I've just done something absolutely dumb, and I'm kind of wallowing in that moment. In that time, I don't necessarily feel like I need to pray. I don't feel like I can pray. I don't feel like I'm worthy. God, I just really messed this up, and I don't feel like I'm worthy to even approach the throne with prayer. I have to discipline to pray. And so we're going to walk through this, and I want to give you some thoughts uh, in a moment. But prayer is the key ingredient to our relationship with God. We can't live without the word that we've already talked about. Fasting takes it to this other level, but without prayer as the key ingredient, it's all a waste of time. You agree? There are tons of people that know this book inside and out that can quote it better than any of us in this room and many others out there, but they do not have a prayer life, and they don't have a relationship with Jesus whatsoever. Prayer is an ingredient. You can fast, you can give all you want to, but if you're not praying and the relationship with the Lord, the communication isn't taking place, then it's a waste of time. It's not even beneficial because the relationship, the benefit is actually not there. And so I want us to look at that just a little bit. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, we read that at that time, the people begin to call on the name of the Lord. 
We saw the relationship with man and God separate in the garden. We saw them uh, begin to pull away from each other. When Adam and Eve were disobedient, they disobeyed God. They ate of the fruit. We saw them at that point be cast out of the garden, and, and God put this protection up so they couldn't go back in. There was a, a, dis, there was a disconnection at that point. And it wasn't until Adam and Eve's uh, grandkids, Seth, had a baby. And it was when Seth had a baby that the Bible says at that time they began to call on the name of the Lord. What's really cool, though, is at that point in time, these, these grandkids had never actually seen God physically. Adam and Eve had been in the garden with God. The grandkids had not that we know of. You with me? So... That they had not seen God. At this point, we haven't made it to the place where God's revealed himself in some awesome, miraculous way. Yet at that point, they still recognized they had a creator. They recognized God was the creator, and they began to call on the name of the Lord. That's interesting to me. We see prayer begin early on. Prayer is something that for believers should be continual and conversational. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 simply says, pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. I like that. I made it bold and capital in my notes. In everything, in every circumstance, in every fear, in every success, in every victory, in every uncertainty, whatever it is, in everything, by prayer and supplication. What is supplication? It's the action of begging or earnestly or humbly asking for something. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, in all situations, in all circumstances, in all seasons, pray. I want to use Jesus' example in Matthew chapter 6 to bring four characteristics to prayer that I believe are going to be essential. I believe they've got to be included. You know Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and he's right in the middle of a lesson on giving and a lesson on fasting. And he stops and he's, he begins to teach them how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, is, uh, verses 9 through 13, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I want to tell you, number one, first of all, prayer includes praise and thanksgiving. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is simply a word to mean greatly revered or honored. Our prayers should include praise and thanksgiving, but what's the difference? Praise versus thanksgiving. Praise is declaring that God is good and he's sovereign, and if he were to never do another thing for me, he's still God. Just the fact that he is God is worth praising him for. He's creator, we are creation. He's authority and we are submissive to the will of the Father. Praising him declares that we are his and he is ours. You read Psalm 104 in your reading if you've been doing that. And it's just mind-blowing to me the praise that takes place in that passage. For time's sake, I'm not going to read it all to you. But verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Lord, Lord, my God, you are very great. You're clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with a light as a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. Listen to the words. He lays the beams of the chambers on the waters, and he makes the clouds his chariots. 
He rides the wings of the wind. He makes the messenger winds his ministers of a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains as you rebuked. They fled. This was the flood that you read about. The mountains rose. The valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary. He goes on and says, verse 14, you cause the grass to grow and the live, for the livestock and the plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth. Wine to gladden the heart of man and oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. And it goes on and on, giving things that so many oftentimes we don't really take the time to recognize. We take for granted the, the grass that we're trampling on outside or that we get tired of cutting. And we take for granted the fact that our God creator set the earth in the place that it wanted it to be so that it couldn't be moved. It couldn't be shaken. And that same God planted that grass and he, he created the grass so that the animals would have something to eat. God is worthy to be praised. Amen. Our prayers should include praise, but not only praise, thanksgiving, thanksgiving is just that, giving thanks for God's goodness on our life. Psalm 107, verse 2 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he's good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the south, north, and the south. We sing songs, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Do you really ever think about that thought? I believe this is one of the psalms you've read over the last week. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What is that? Well, he walks through. Some of you decided, in his words said, you decided to go down to the, to the depths. You decided to go down to the pits. You decided to go down to the place. Yet it said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I can give thanks if there's nothing else that I can count as a blessing. I can give thanks for my salvation. I can give thanks for the fact that God went down to the deep, dark pits of hell and he restored my soul. Amen? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Our prayers must include praise and thanksgiving. We were in trouble. We needed a savior. We needed a provider. We needed a comforter. He is all that we could ever need. He said that I am the I am. Why? Because he is the I am. Everything. Therefore, in prayer, give thanks. Not only does prayer include praise and thanksgiving, but prayer includes the process of asking. Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a process of seeking and a process of asking together. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, it says, Call to me and I'll answer you and I'll tell you great and hidden things that you've not known. For us, in order to find the will of the Father, in order for heaven to come to earth and your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, we have to seek out the will of God. Do you agree? How do we find the will of the Lord without asking for him to reveal his will to us? We've got to ask. We've got to seek. Prayer involves this process of seeking. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says, but when you pray, and this is right around the same conversation, he says, shut the door and go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret, and the father who sees in secret will reward you. 
There's a process of seeking. We go into hiding. We go into this search. And whenever I, I get ready to prepare a message, when I have to, to sit down and study, I have to be somewhere where there's not any distractions. I have to be somewhere where it's quiet. I go into a room and I, I can shut the door and I cut me on some music and I begin to seek God. He said, go into a room, shut the door and pray to your father in secret. We have to seek when we pray. Mark 1.35 says, And rising early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus himself went to seek the will of the Father. He was known to do this several times, to go and find somewhere. And he said, I can do nothing on my own. In John chapter 5, I judge, but my judgment is just, not because I seek my own will, but I seek the will of the Father who sent me. He's constantly seeking and then Jesus gave an instruction. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Prayer involves asking and seeking. We see it again finally in the garden before Jesus is arrested in chapter 26 of Matthew. There's two different times that Jesus is praying to the Father. He said, Lord, if there be any way to let this path from, pass from me, let it pass from me, let it go away. Let me not have to walk through this season, but Lord, not my will, but your will be done. He's seeking the will of the Father. Prayer involves praise and thanksgiving, but prayer should also include seeking and asking. The asking also rolls over into give us this day our daily bread. He said, this is how you're to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, it's okay to ask God for what you need. It's okay to ask God for what you need. It's interesting though, because it doesn't say, Lord, I need you to supply my month-long supply of bread. He said, Lord, give me today my daily bread. Give me enough for what I need today. I love this statement because it almost gives me permission to ask God for what I need. It doesn't have to be some big elaborate request, but I have permission to ask the Lord for what it is that I believe that I need. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Therefore, if I'm asking something that's according to his will, he's going to bless me and he's going to give that. You agree? If not, Matthew 7, uh, 7 and 8 says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. I've already talked to you a minute ago about Philippians 4, 6. But again, it says, in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be known to the Lord. Our prayers should include asking. We also ask for healing. Our prayers re include requests. I want to touch on this for just a moment while we're here. It's biblical to pray for healing. Okay? It's biblical to pray for healing. It's always God's, is it always God's will that healing take place here on earth? It's God's will that everybody would be healed. Unfortunately for us, sometimes brothers and sisters don't receive the healing on earth, but they receive their healing, their eternal healing, when they cross over. Amen? His promise is true and it still stands. We will be healed. I got a heel spur 
on my right heel, and I can't wait till I make it to heaven, and they don't exist no more. You hear me? I'm just telling you. And I know that I'm going to be healed of that heel spur. I give you a little vial of oil in your bag at Christmas, and we use that anointing oil when we pray. And that really goes back to Exodus when God gave instructions on how to actually make the oil, and he set it apart. He said, this would be my holy anointing oil. And we see all throughout Scripture, we see people anointed. David was anointed as king whenever he came in from the sheep, and Samuel had gone to all the brothers, and he said, Jesse, you got a son that I believe is supposed to be the next king. I need you to bring all your boys in. And all the boys came in, and he said, no, this ain't none of them. You got another son somewhere. He said, yeah, he's he's a young guy out there tending the sheep. And when David come up, Samuel anointed him as the king. He poured oil over him. He was anointed. He was set apart. He was separated from everybody else at that moment and it was declared he'd be the king jesus was anointed shortly after he was born mary and joseph took him into the temple to dedicate him to the lord and he was anointed at that point he was set apart he was chosen and then we see scripture tell us as well in james chapter 5 verses 13 through 15 james said is anyone among you suffering let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praises is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I give us a vial of oil because I believe there's power in prayer. The oil really don't mean a whole lot. I've anointed with water. It's not about that the substance, it smells nice. Hopefully you like it. If not, pour it out and get you some canola oil, I guess. It's more about the fact that it's biblical, that it's symbolic of a covering a protection. There's a touch. For me, I don't know why my mind's always taking it this way, but it's almost, if you will, electricity needs a conduit to travel through. Water is one of those, okay? So in my mind, whenever I touch something, if there's not a conduit, if there's not something there, then I can't necessarily transfer electricity to that place. And in my mind, I don't know why. You just go with me and let me talk. The oil serves as a conduit for me, as the anointing to flow through me to whatever it is that I'm anointing. That oil seals. It makes a connection between the Spirit of God inside of me and that person or that thing or whatever it is. I don't know why my mind's processed it that way, but it's just the way that it works for me. It's something that is able to to go beyond my physical touch. It's something to go beyond what it is that I am. It's soaking. It soaks in. It makes a contact that I can't make on my own. You with me? One of my crazy ways of thought process. Next time you anoint something, you're going to think it's electric. Mm -hmm, It's electric. There's something about the anointing though. And when we ask, we can expect an answer right now. Maybe not. This is where the concept is. This is why we have oil. This is what it represents. Prayer includes asking. Not only does it include asking, though. Lastly, prayer includes, uh, not not lastly, but it includes forgiveness. You go back to Matthew 6. He says, forgive us our debts, and we've also forgiven our debtors. Our forgiveness comes from a prayer, and no differently. When you ask Christ to come into your life, you did it through a prayer, Right? That prayer was delivered, or that the forgiveness, our salvation, was delivered through that power, those words of prayer. And he 
Jesus said, you're to pray like this. You're to pray in a way that says, uh, forgive me that I might also forgive those who've trespassed or sinned against me, acted out against me. Here's what I figured out about forgiveness and prayer. When I've got bitterness starting to come up in me against a brother or sister, when somebody's rubbed me the wrong way, when somebody's aggravated the snot out of me, when, when there's something happened and I've got something going on, if I begin to pray for that person, genuinely pray for them, forgiveness comes. Try it. I don't believe that you can successfully, with a whole heart, pray blessings on somebody's life that you've got a problem with. I don't believe you can be mad at them and at the same time pour out blessings on them. I believe that God turns your heart and he begins to root out that bitterness and something comes and something changes. And that person that you, you didn't even want to look at at that point in time, eventually that, that hope is restored. The love is restored because forgiveness comes through prayer. Prayer includes forgiveness. We can't thrive in the love of Jesus and live in forgiveness of God. If we can't give forgiveness, it doesn't work. He said, you don't want to forgive, then the Father doesn't have to forgive you. Here's lastly. The prayer guards us from temptation. Jesus prayed, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Prayer keeps us out of the sin. Agree? As much as I believe that you can't pray wholeheartedly for somebody that you're angry at, I believe you can't sin while you're praying. Now, can I say amen and step over and begin to sin? Absolutely. But I don't believe that you can sin while you're in a conversation with the Lord. So many people, I told you this a couple months back, when we were having a conversation about a cousin of mine, how, how did the spiral begin? He quit praying. I told you personally in my own life, there's times that have been deep, dark holes. How did they really begin? If you trace them all the way back, it goes back to a place where I stopped praying. Because prayer will guard us from temptation. If we're in a conversation and communion with the Father through prayer, it makes it really hard for the devil to get a foothold in our life and lead us to fall into temptation. Temptation comes from the flesh. It comes from my desires. It comes from what I want. I'll just be honest with you. Last night, my mama or my daddy cooked some delicious, gorgeous beef tips and gravy. The devil didn't make me want those beef tips and gravy during my fast. Mitchell wanted the beef tips and gravy during the fast right my stomach's growling right now the devil had nothing to do with it Mitchell did but if I'm not in a constant communication and I'm using beef tips and gravy to represent sin which is sinful in itself because beef tips and gravy should never represent sin if I'm in communion with the father when my flesh has that desire and my flesh is tempted 
the devil has no foothold to push me over the ledge. However, if I'm standing on the ledge and there's nothing holding me back and I'm not in communication with the Father and I'm standing on the ledge of temptation, all the devil's got to do is give me a little budge and I'm gone. Because prayer guards us against temptation. Jesus told his disciples as he was praying for the Father's will to be done, as he's seeking the Lord, he told his disciples, he said, watch and pray that you might not be tempted. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That means that God on the inside of you is willing to help you overcome. And he's willing to overcome any obstacle, any situation. He's willing to move mountains for you. He's willing to make a way when there is no way. But when your flesh is weak and your flesh is saying, who in the world cares what I'm walking through? Who in the world cares what I'm about to do? Nobody gives a rip anyway. I'm just going to do it. Jesus said, wake up. Can't you stay awake with me for just a little while? Pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Temptation can be guarded by prayer. Ephesians 4.27 says, Give no opportunity to the devil. Give no opportunity to the devil. How do we do that? We pray. We remain in prayer. I told you at the very beginning, Prayer is intended to be continual and conversational. Pray without ceasing. Make your petitions known to God. Pray with praise and thanksgiving. Pray as we're seeking the will of the Father. Pray with asking. Pray with forgiveness. And through that, our prayer guards us through and from temptation. Jesus said, the way you should pray is, Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us through evil. Freedom comes through prayer. Freedom comes through prayer. Back when, really I had no intention of talking about all this today, but back when, uh, in November, when we lost my cousin, I was so angry. I told you a little bit about it. I was so frustrated. I wasn't frustrated. I was outright mad. And I didn't want to pray because for me, I'd rather keep those words to myself, remember? And I got a phone call and I walked out of my aunt's house and I walked out to the back yard and started walking through the woods while I was on the phone. I finished that phone call and there's a beautiful pond area and a dirt road that goes around some more property. And I wasn't in the mood to go back in the house, so I just started walking. I was in my dress clothes. This was the day of the funeral, I believe. And I walked around and I walked all the way around their fields and this big property, and I started praying. And it wasn't no, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is God, I'm ticked off. I'm mad and I'm angry. I'm mad at this. I'm mad at this. I'm mad at this. I'm heartbroken over this. I don't understand this. 
And I'm sorry that I haven't told you this already. But I'm mad. And by the time I made it back to the house, I don't know, it was a 15, 20 minute little walk. Cold, didn't have a coat on. But when I walked back in the house, there was a freedom for me. There was a release. Am I still mad? Yeah. Am I getting over it? Yeah. But freedom comes through prayer. Because when I begin to pour out my heart to the Lord, it was like this this whole, the very first session that I ever had with a, a counselor. Just conversating what my feelings were brought a lot of freedom. This was that on this entire another level. Because now I was pouring myself out to the God who created me. And prayer brings freedom. So I get that this is just a practical kind of conversation. Is anything to make us jump up and down and shout about? Prayer involves praise and thanksgiving. It involves seeking, seeking the will of the Father. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. How can I be a part of your will being done on earth as it is in heaven? Asking, God, I need you to do this. I believe this is what's best. I need this. I need this. God, give me enough for today. Whatever it is, I need it. Seeing forgiveness. Praying for those people that have hurt us. Watching God restore our hope in people. I've been at places in my life where I've lost a lot of hope in people. It makes it really hard to be in ministry and pastor people and love people when you have no hope and confidence in people. People hurt you. We hurt each other. Deep down, it's because we're hungry. Remember? Forgiveness comes through prayer. But then through all of that, prayer guards us from temptation and keeps us from evil. So would you pray with me? Father, I love you. God, I thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Lord, I thank you for the blessings you've put on my life. Would you just thank him right now? God, I thank you for my family. I thank you that we have a roof over our head, God, that we have food on our table, God, that we have a way to, to get around. We have a way to, to get from place to place. Lord, I thank you that we have provision. We have a, a way that you're providing things for us, God. I thank you, Lord, for my salvation, for my redemption, God, for uh, the, the second chance of life, God. I thank you, Father. God, I thank you for my, my kids, Lord. God, I thank you that I was raised in a home that I could come to know you, that, that I could know who you are as a personal Savior. Father, I thank you. God, I praise your name, the name that's above every other name. Lord, you set the earth into motion. You set it in its place, God. Lord, you provided for every bird of the air, every fish of the sea, every walking animal. God, you are, you are almighty. You are the creator, God. Lord, you cared so much about the creation, God, that you made it in perfection, Father. Lord, you're in control of every situation, every circumstance. God, I praise your name today. You are the beginning. You're the end, God. 
Father, you are healer. God, you're your provider, Lord. You're my comforter, God. You're, you're our source of life. And I praise your name. Let the name of Jesus be above every other name. You are, I am, God, and I praise you today. Father, show us your will. Lord, show us the will that you have for our personal life, God, as we stand at a crossroads, as we stand at a place of decision and in every moment of every day, God, let us seek out your will, God. Show us what your will for us is. God, show us your will for our family. Show us your will for the direction of our household, Lord. What is it that we're supposed to be doing? How is it that we're supposed to be bringing, Lord, your your, uh, kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? How is it, Father, we're supposed to be fulfilling your plan? God, we seek your will and your plan today for our life. Lord, there's many needs. Lord, there's physical needs. There's temporal needs, God. We have things that we need from you, Lord. We need uh, financial needs. God, I pray that you give us today our daily bread. Lord, I want to ask for a whole lot more. You know what's best for me. And I pray today, God, you give me my daily bread. Give me the portion that I need today. Don't let me try to to take more than I'm supposed to have because I know that all that happens is it gets rotten with worms. Father, the healings that need to take place in in our church. Father, the people that need a touch from you, Lord, that they need a physical, a mental, emotional, a spiritual healing touch from you. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that healing would come. Our will is, Lord, that it come here on earth, God. It come in this lifetime. It come right now in this moment, God, but not our will, but your will be done. Healing, God, let it come, let it flow. Father, we're asking for our daily bread today. God, those that, Lord, we've got somebody on our mind or heart, Lord, that's offended us, that's made us mad, that's frustrated us. Lord, maybe they just said something that was a little off, that was a little out of line, that we didn't like, that didn't feel good, God. Lord, we pray for that person right now. We pray for your blessings on their life. We pray for their family. We pray for their provision. We pray for their healing, God. We pray for whatever situation, circumstance, and trial they're walking through, God. Lord, we pray for them with a whole heart, with a pure heart, God. We're praying for that person, Lord, that you're bringing to our mind, God, who's frustrated us, who's aggravated us. God, it's not about us. It's not about them. It's about your will being done. Lord, let your forgiveness come in the name of Jesus. Father, lastly, as we remain in continual and conversational prayer with you, beyond this time together, beyond us walking out these doors, God, Lord, we have to discipline ourselves to pray. There are times in our life where we don't feel like praying. It's not about how we feel. It's about who you are. And you've called us to prayer, and today we commit to pray. Father, through all of that, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Father, keep us. Keep us in purity. Keep us, Lord, 
under your protection. We're still in your hand. God, keep us from that temptation today. Lord, I praise your name. God, as some writers throughout the years have added on to this prayer, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Lord, I pray that you bless your people today. God, I pray that you let your face shine on them, give them grace and peace. Bring us joy, Lord, in the name of Jesus and protection, Father. Lord, those that are watching online today, Lord, I pray in their homes, wherever they are, Father, I pray you pour out your blessings on them. Lord, let your face shine on them. Give them peace. Protect them, God. Give them grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen.